0: Come on, how many of you want to live fearless for God? Come on, I want to live fearless for God. And here's our anchor thought. If you're new to Restoration Life, we just want to thank you to Restoration Life, and we're in this new series. And here's the anchor thought for this series. The danger may be real, but fear is a choice. The danger may be real, but fear is a choice. And last week, we talked about how everybody fears failure. Here are a couple of the things that we drove home last week. Number one, you will fail. Everybody will fail because we all, all, all will experience at some time or another the, the failure of trying to do something maybe that we've never done before. But failure, believe it or not, is a part of the learning processes. So don't let the failure destroy your vision for the future, but let it fuel it. Let it fuel it so you can try again, Right? The other thing that we talked about last week was that you can overcome any failure. How many of you believe that? Right, especially when you've made, been made brand new in Christ Jesus. All things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. So you can overcome every past failure. The other thing we talked about was to please God, you have to take some faith risks. You've got to be able to step out in faith like Peter, right, when he stepped out of the boat. The last thing that we talked about last week is that the only power fear has over you is the authority that you and I give it. So we have to remove the authority that we've given our fear in order to step out into what God wants to do in our lives and through our lives. And again, let me just read our our focus scripture for this series. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. For God, come on, say this with me. For God has not given us a spirit of what? Okay, so he hasn't given us a demonic spirit of fear. That's another thing that we drove home last week. We're not talking about the wiring that God gives us to to, to warn us of an impending danger, we're talking about a spirit of fear, something that God doesn't give us, something that comes from Satan himself in order to stop us from moving forward. So the spirit of fear is a demonic spirit trying to stop you from what God wants to do in you, okay? So he's not giving us the spirit of fear, he's given us another spirit. He's given us his holy spirit and his holy spirit infuses us with what? Power, love, and a sound mind. So because of God's Holy Spirit, we've been given power, authority, love, which is powerful, and a sound or disciplined mind. This morning, I want to look at another aspect of living fearless. Because one of the things that we tend to fear as human beings is rejection. Come on, how many of you have ever feared rejection? I'm going to get into some people's stuff this morning. Is that OK? And I'm going to show you how I've dealt with it, how I've experienced it, maybe how I've failed from it, and hopefully it could resonate a little bit with you, and you can relate to it this morning, because a spirit or a, a fear of rejection uh, causes people to be paralyzed from doing what God has created and purposed for them to do. And so we know that fear doesn't come from God, and we're going to look uh, in Scripture, and we're going to learn from God's Word how to overcome this spirit of rejection. I just And I'm just going to sh- kind of open up with, a, with just kind of a couple of em- really embarrassing stories. So I'm going to share this with you, but I, I, I can't have you share this with anybody else. Okay? So can we just keep it in this room tonight? All right, here we go. I remember growing up, like many of you, um, always wanting and desiring the approval of my father. I desired the approval of my dad by how I lived, how I looked, and, and, and what I studied and, and what I was pursuing. So believe it or not, in high school, one of the first things that I did when I joined or when I got into, uh, into high school is I, I joined the ROTC because it was something that I really wanted to do. I wanted to leave high school and go right into the military, right into becoming a Marine. So I joined the military, or I joined the ROTC, the Junior Marines, and I was pursuing that. But in the midst of pursuing that, I was really pursuing that, not only because, you know, I'm, a, I'm an adrenaline junkie, and, I'm a, and I love that kind of stuff, and I love the military, and I love um, uh, the patriotism it, uh, of it, and I love all the opportunities that I've been given as a first-generation American, but I wanted to do something that would make my dad happy, because my dad was really, really hard um, to make happy, and so I sought his approval, and so I was always after the approval of my father, but at the same time, being a teenage kid, I was always after the approval of my, my friends, of all the people that surrounded me in that day, and so here I am seeking the approval of my dad, and here I am seeking the approval of all my friends, the people that I hung out with in high school, people that I grew up with, but then when, when, when girls got into the picture, then I was seeking the approval of the girl that I was trying to impress. Come on, anybody with me? Right, because you seek as a human being the approval of others. As I continued to grow up and I started working, then I sought the approval of my boss and I sought the approval of my coworkers because I wanted to succeed. I wanted to be good. But here, here's the crazy thing. For whatever stupid reason, I thought that if I performed, in a manner that people liked, then, then I would be accepted, that I would be approved of, that I can roll with this crowd, that my dad would look at me and say, that's my boy, you know, that my, that my girlfriend would be like, that's my man, you know, that, that my friends were like, that's the homie, you, you know what I'm saying? And so I sought the approval of that and I realized that I was somewhat addicted to other people's approval of me. Anybody tracking with me? I was somewhat addicted to the approval of another human being. And even as a young minister, even as a younger minister, I realized that I wanted people to like our church. I wanted people to like my family. I wanted people to like my kids. I wanted people to like the way that we brought the gospel message across, and, and, and what I would find myself even doing sometimes is like going up to people as a young youth pastor going, hey, how did, how did you like the message? Did it, did it make sense? Did you, did you understand the illustration? Do you like it? And I didn't even realize that I was still seeking the approval of another human being, and I was still dealing with, with what we would entitle as approval addiction or label as approval addiction, That even though I wasn't addicted to drugs anymore, even though I wasn't addicted to alcohol anymore, I was still addicted to the approval of somebody else. And I I want somebody to hear this right now. Somebody that needs to hear this right now. This is very, very dangerous. And the truth is, is that that's where a lot of you may be living today. Seeking the approval of someone else. And it's why... You act the way that you act, and it's why you talk the way that you talk, and it's why you dress the way that you dress, and it's why the way you work the way that you work, and it's the way you run your business, and it's the way that you serve God because you are still seeking the approval of somebody else. Proverbs chapter 29, verse 25 says it this way. Watch this. This is crazy. Proverbs chapter 29 Fear and intimidation is a what? Is a trap. Everybody say, it's a trap. And that trap does what? Holds you back. So come on, say that with me. The trap holds me back. Don't get trapped. Don't get trapped because it'll hold you back. But when you place your confidence, not in people, but in who? The Lord... You will be seated in a high place. Another way of saying the high place in Scripture is a safe place. So when you're seeking and pursuing the approval of God for your life, what's happening is you're being placed in a high place. But when you're putting your confidence in the approval of another human being, that's called a trap. And a trap will... A trap? will hold you back. And so the first thing that I want to look at this morning is the fear of rejection is a trap. Fearing people's rejection of you traps God's best for you. Did you hear that? And if it traps God's best for you, it's holding God's best for you back from you. If you're allowing other people's opinion of you or criticism of you, or approval of you or qualification over you it's a trap that's holding you back from experiencing all the goodness that God has for you the fear of rejection is a snare that will keep you from moving forward into all that God has for you but whoever trusts in the Lord the bible says that he's going to keep you safe that he's going to put you in a high place, that you're going to be able to oversee the very thing that is trying to keep you from moving forward. Proverbs 10, 9 says it this way, the one who walks in integrity will experience a fearless confidence in life, but the one who is devious will eventually be exposed. So I want to look at a couple of rejection traps because if you're anything like I was, then maybe you two might be or might have a level of approval addiction functioning in your life? Come on, how many of you do what you do to please other people? And we'll say it all the time, I, I'm not here to please people. I'm not a people pleaser. But we do this every day. Like if I'm just keeping it real, and Roxanne's not here so you guys can give me some credit on this, um, I'll do things just to make her happy. Because if mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy if daddy ain't happy who cares that's just the way the saying goes that's just the way the saying goes so i do things and i live to make my wife happy because if she's happy i'm happy i just remembered that jackson my grandson will crawl into our bedroom in the mornings and he'll sit there and he'll wake us up by just rubbing our face and he'll go papa are you happy and i'm like yeah i'm happy I go. Are you happy? He goes. Yeah, I'm happy. Grandma's happy. Brixton's happy. Daddy's happy. Mama's happy. And Papa. We're all happy. And I'm like, Yeah, we're all happy. We're supposed to be that way. We're supposed to live happy. But I do things, and I'm sure that you do things to make others happy. The re- I mean, we got Thanksgiving. I'm not even going to jump to Christmas right now. That's of the devil. We haven't even celebrated Thanksgiving yet. But but we do things to make each other happy. Do we not? We'll buy things for each other. We'll post things on social media about each other. Come on. We'll celebrate one another because we love making other people happy. We don't necessarily live to make other people happy, but we enjoy making other people happy. But the problem happens is is when we change who we are and who we're supposed to be in order to make other people happy. Come on. I don't live my life to be a people pleaser. I live my life to be a God pleaser. The problem is, and here's the problem, we starve for acceptance. Human beings are starving for acceptance. Why do you think social media is so powerful? Because mankind is starving for acceptance. And the sad thing is, is that there are people, good people, loving people, godly people, who are still starving for acceptance, and the very thing that, the de- that they desire most is probably the first thing that they'll end up losing because we become so needy and we become so hungry that we lose the very thing we desire. And the reason why we like to make people happy is because we want approval, we want acceptance, we fear rejection. We don't want to be rejected by those that we love. We don't want to be rejected by those that we roll with. We don't want to be rejected from our our co-workers. We don't want rejection from our boss. We don't even want rejection from society. We want approval, and we to some degree want to make everybody happy. In the Old Testament, there's a story of a man, the very first king of Israel, because the children of Israel were crying out for a king because they had no king, and they were like, God, everybody has a king but us. We want a king. We need a king. And so God gives them a king. He's King Saul. In the Bible, Saul is described as tall, somebody who towers over everybody else, as somebody who's very good looking. Did you know the Bible describes Saul as very good looking? He's very good looking. He's charismatic. He's tall. And then he gets anointed as the very first king of all of Israel. And at one point, because of fear, the fear of what people thought, what Saul does is he disobeys God's commands in order to make the people that he's leading happy. Saul's happy. Papa's happy. God's happy. Everybody's happy. God wasn't happy with King Saul. 1 Samuel chapter 15, 24. Watch what the scriptures say about him. Then Saul said to Samuel, I have what? Okay. Let's just clarify something right now. Is being disobedient to God a sin? Yes. it's an absolute yes. Sinning against God is being disobedient to God. Okay. I have sinned. For I have transgressed the commandment of the Lord and your words. So here's God's commandments and God's instructions from the man of God over the king. The prophet Samuel was like King Saul's pastor, okay? He was a prophetic covering over the king. The kingdom always ran by the prophet's words on behalf of God, but now they have a king who's under the covering of the prophet. And the prophet or the pastor of the king is Samuel. And Samuel, his direction was transgressed. His direction was overlooked. And he says, and your words, I have transgressed the commandments of God and my pastor's words. You should write that down. Because I feared people... And obeyed their voice. So I feared people more than I feared God. I wanted to make people happy and so I disobeyed God. I rejected God's commandments and my leadership's instruction because I feared people more than I did godly wisdom, godly instruction, and godly commands. Everybody tracking with me? The question is, is how often do we do that throughout our lives? And I think if we're honest, we probably do it more than we think because we fear rejection. We fear rejection from people. We fear rejection from our children. We feel rejection from our parents. We feel rejection from our friends. We fear that kind of rejection. How often are you afraid of what people think? So rather than doing what's right, you do them what you think they would like you to do so that you could be accepted by them. So that you can keep them as your friends. So that you, they could see you as being down or crazy. And that would make you popular or at least fun to be around with. Can I tell you another very embarrassing story? Um, I remember when I was 13 years old. And when I was 13 years old, I had already started having conflict with my dad because nothing I did ever made him happy, and so now we just started bumping heads a lot and I remember at thirteen years old, I hung around a much older crowd, and I, I I loved being around them, and I loved seeing what they did and how they did what they did and one day they were like they were they were there and and, and 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 please forgive me but but they were there, and everybody was drinking, and everybody was smoking weed, and they were like, and I was already just drinking, you know I was already playing quarters and just having fun with the older guys. And they were like, hey, man, you want to smoke some weed? And I'm like, "Uh, yeah, sure. They're like, really? I'm like, yeah, I'll I'll try that. I I wanted to be accepted. I wanted to feel like I was was liked and I was around the crowd. And so I wanted to be liked by them. I wanted to be approved by them. I didn't want to be called a little sissy or a little wuss or other things that we used back in that day. I was like, yeah, yeah, let me hit that. I'm like 13 years old. Like eighty-five pounds, you know, um, you know, just a little heavier than I am now. And I was like, I was like, yeah, let me hit that. And so they got a a a big old water bong and they packed it out. And they're like, here, hit this. And I was like, I hit it. And 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 I was like, I was like, you know, like that, (laughs) you know, and coughing it up. And all of a sudden, in that moment, I had the most massive headache that anybody could probably ever experience in their life. I was like, oh. And then I realized, wait a minute, I'm supposed to feel stoned. I'm supposed to feel high because everybody else is. And so I just started, whoa. Dude, because I lived in Redondo. Dude, that's so good. And everybody's just sitting there. I'm 13 years old, and they're laughing And I'm thinking to my head, in my head, I'm going, why does this hurt so bad? And I don't feel what they feel. And why are they laughing at me? And I come to find out that it wasn't weed. It was rosemary that they put in the bong. It was a different kind of herb. And I felt so stupid. I felt so, but I was 13 years old. You're not intelligent at 13 years old. And I'm sitting there, and I'm going, man, you know, I I felt like the biggest city. But then they brought out the real stuff. And now now I have to prove myself because I want the approval. Now, that's that's just a small way uh, of trying to bring out the point, is we seek the approval of the people that we want to be around with all the time. And maybe you won't be smoking rosemary out of a bong anytime soon. But the reality is that you will do things, you will say things, you will dress a certain way, you will buy things, you will post things up on social media, you will act a certain way, you will, you will, you will love a certain team, you will, you will be around a certain crowd, you'll listen to different kinds of music just because we want the approval of other people. And the sad thing is that there are so many people here today that are still starving for the approval of somebody else they have the fear of being rejected and that fear is a trap and it's keeping them from stepping out and into all that God wants them to do this is the way that it looks so many people today want want to please God with their sexual purity and wait until they get married and give themselves to their spouse but instead because they're so infatuated and they're so starving for the approval of somebody else, they'll give away their virginity just so they won't be rejected by somebody that's showing them some level of attention. It's a fear of rejection. They'll give their body away over and over and over again because they think in doing so, they'll find the approval of man, but by doing that, they're actually rejecting the commandments of God, just like King Saul did. Please love me. Pretending like sex equals love when sex outside of marriage is the farthest thing from real love. Oh, come on. They're hungry for spiritual intimacy. Please accept me. People will spend hours and hours on hours on working on their body And on their hair and on their image and on their face. And they'll do things for the approval from someone that they want attention from. And they'll post things up on social media hoping that people will press the like button. Please like me. Please approve of this. They'll put something up on social media and it's just something that they want to, you know, project from themselves. And they'll post it up and then they'll go back and they'll look back at everybody that liked it and everyone that viewed it. And when they don't see their friends liking what they are posted, they'll start thinking to themselves, why wouldn't they like what I just posted? I always like all their stuff. I always view all their stuff. I'm always commenting on their stuff. How come they're not commenting on mine? What's wrong with them? Really, what's wrong with you? What's wrong with you is that you just might have approval addiction. That you need the approval of another human being to be the person that God has created you to be. And I want you to know that that's the biggest lie from the pit of hell today. People will do this. If I buy a car or I'll buy this kind of car, will they like me? If I talk this way, will they like me? If I join this club, will you like me? If I compromise my integrity and don't do what I believe to be right, will they like me? Will they accept me? Will they approve of me? I know people that are still trying to live out their parents' dream for them and they're, still in their, they're already in their 40s. I know girls that settle by dating and marrying non-Christian, self-centered men because all, the, all they really want is to be loved. That's all they really want. I know people who want to be accepted so bad, they get so close to the wrong people and those wrong people suck the life out of them. They used to be on fire for Jesus, but now their life is just filled with drama because all they're trying to do is find the acceptance of another human being into their circle. It's a trap. It's a trap. When you fear people's opinion about you, when you fear people not approving of you, when you fear people's criticism of you, it becomes a trap. And I'm here to encourage you to live fearless. To live fearless of that. And don't fear the rejection of man. Fear being outside of God's will for your life. Don't fear the acceptance or, or, or the rejection of man. Fear being rejected by God. Because let me tell you, the Bible says that on that day, many will come to me and say, Lord, Lord, didn't I do this? And didn't, do I, didn't I do that? And didn't I serve here? And didn't I give this? And didn't I cast out demons? And, did, and God say, I never knew you. Because you were too busy looking for the approval of another human being, and you rejected my commandments over your life. So two quick thoughts for those of you that are approval addicts at some level. And I think if we're going to be honest today, to some degree, some of us have a little bit of that in us. If we're just going to be honest, we want our kids to like us. Man, Pastor, I don't need my kids to love me. If they could just like me, it would be cool. Right? Some of us fear the rejection of family. We fear the rejection of our friends. We need the approval of those that we hang around. But we we, want to be like so bad that we don't confront, uh, we, we, we don't confront, and until we learn how to do biblical confrontation and live with biblical integrity, we can never have the intimacy and relationships that God really wants us to have. The first challenge is this. Approval addicts give in to others, but inwardly, they're angry and resentful. They give in, I'll do this because I want to make you happy. But inside, they're angry and they're resentful. They don't want to do those things. They resent that they've been asked to do those things. But approval addict, they'll do it regardless because they don't want to confront the issue. They would rather sweep everything under the carpet and keep everybody happy as long as they, as long as they can, even if it means that they're going to be hurting on the inside. That's an approval addict. Am I talking to anybody here today? Maybe there's a lot of processing happening right now. That's why it's so quiet. I'll do what you want because I want you to like me. I'll give you what you want because I want you to like me. I'll wear what you want because I want you to like me. Come on. I'll even break the law because I want you to like me. I'll I'll, I'll lay down my integrity because I want you to like me. I'll I'll disobey God because I want you to like me. And we won't say that, but we know it. We know it. The second rejection trap is this. It's the opposite. It's those who now become overly cautious. It's the opposite. They become overly cautious. And this is a trap. They'll think and say things like this. I've been hurt before, and I'm never going to let anybody hurt me again. And so because I've been hurt before and I don't want anybody to hurt me again, I'm not going to allow myself to be rejected by anyone, so I'm going to keep everyone at a distance when God wants to bring them in close. It's that person that's been hurt by another relationship or another friendship or a marriage that ended with divorce, and now God wants to heal, God wants to restore, and maybe it's, it's, it's not restorable because of the human beings and what they did in that situation and circumstance, but now God wants to give you a new life with a new person in your life, and, and he's bringing it all together, and you're like, nope, been there, done that, got hurt from it, I reject what God wants to do. Are you hearing me? It's the person that stepped out in faith, And they failed. They started to sink. they're like, nope, last time I did that, I failed. Never going to do that again. I know I heard the sermon last week, but I don't want to walk on water. I want to stay in the boat. They won't confront what they're dealing with internally, and so they reject what God wants to do for them. I'll keep you at an arm's distance because I'm not going to let you do to me what somebody else did to me. This is what the Bible says about that kind of person, Proverbs 28, 14. Blessed are those who fear to do wrong. But the stubborn, see this right here? The stubborn are headed for serious trouble. Some of us are so stubborn in our ways. We're so stubborn because of what happened in our past that we reject everything that God wants to do for our future. Don't allow the enemy to rip you off this morning. Here, he, he, here's how we allow this to, ourselves to live here. Here's how we fall into trouble. Because if you're not careful, you can live with a hardened heart, and that hardened heart will get you into a lot of trouble. Ladies, can I just talk to the ladies? Any ladies in the house? Four of you. All right. The other ones are just scared. I'm trying to get you to fear less, not fearful. Right? Ladies. Any ladies in the house? Can you trust men? (laughs) Point made. Let's move on. (laughs) Pastor, I can't trust a man as far as I could throw him. They're all a bunch of jerks. They're all a bunch of losers. And the reality is, all of us aren't. Come on, man. We like, you know. (laughs) All of us aren't jerks. All of us aren't losers. All of us, there are a lot of men in this house that want to honor you. That want to show you the way a woman should be treated. That want to lift you up the way that God created you to be lifted up in the presence of other men. That want to treat you the way God called us to treat you. That God called us to honor you, that God called us to respect you, that God called us to provide for you and protect you and be there for you and not to be a jerk to you, not be disrespectful to you and, and not only want you because we can get something from you. I want you to know, ladies, that there are men that are in this church that will honor you and respect you the way God wants you to be honored and respected. Not all men are jerks. Stop treating us like we are. Some of you just got to get off it already. But pastor, you don't know. No, I don't know. But ask my wife how well she gets taken care of. Not all men are jerks. I can tell you right now that this church, this house, is filled with men of honor. It's filled with men of integrity. It's filled with men of character. So not all men are dogs. To some degree they are, but not all of them are. Guys, any men in the house? Come on, some of you are scared of women. Pastor, they're like black widows. They get close to you, pow, they sting you and you're dead. You know that there are men who are actually asking for prenups in Christian marriages? Like what are you scared of, bro? Be a man of God and everything will be all right. Come on, I know some great men who desire to do so much, but they're not asking anybody out because they're scared to death of women. Literally scared to death. Come on, can anybody help a brother out? Come on, men, maybe, maybe you should start carrying your Bible to church. Hey. Can, can I tell you that a man of God that serves God is sexy? Can I say that in church? Can I say that? A man of God who serves God and who will love a woman unconditionally the way God called him to love her is a sexy man of God. Did you hear that? Come on, don't be afraid. Come on, if you're a man of God, if you're serving God and you're single, don't don't be afraid to walk up to another woman of God in the house and go, hey girl. Have you read through the book of Numbers yet? Because you ain't got my number yet. <laughs> it's not even in here. Can we just move on? Don't be afraid of rejection. It's, you know, it's okay. It, you don't have to go online to date, amen. There's single men and women in the house. Come on. Come on, come talk to me. I'll hook you up. All right, let's move forward. No, just kidding. Don't be afraid of serving God out loud because of the disapproval of somebody else. Don't be afraid of being a man of God at work. Man, I ain't got no time. Don't be afraid to be a woman of God at work. Don't be afraid to be a strong Christian marriage in front of others. Don't be afraid of the disapproval of other people. Only seek for the approval of one Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Come on. I just want to stop right there if I could have the worship team come up. Because I feel like if any part of this message resonated with you, if we're not careful, what we do is that we'll live for the approval of others. When I first started doing ministry... And I really wanted my wife's approval. I wanted to make sure everything that I... I wanted my wife's approval. I wanted my pastor's approval. I wanted the approval of the people in the ministry and the church. I wanted the kids' approval in the youth ministry. Then when we started the church, I wanted the approval of the people of that church. And then to some degree when we, when we came over into Lawndale and we started just kind of just transitioning into becoming Restoration Life and what it is today... To some level of degree, I I struggled, you know, with the approval of 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 different people from different backgrounds and different cultures and different upbringings and different doctrines and all these different things. And I struggled with it. And even if I'm honest with you today, that sometimes it rears its ugly head. You know, when I feel God telling me to do something, you know, and sometimes, you know, what that thing says is, what 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 will the people in your church think? What what will the people in the leadership think? people, you know, and I'm like, and I always have to remind myself, I'm only after the approval of God. I'm only after the approval of Jesus Christ for everything that I do. Now, yeah, there, there, there are things that I'll do to make my kids happy, to make my wife happy, and, and, and they'll reciprocate that to me, but the, rea- the reality is this, is that I dealt with approval addiction for a large portion of my life. I wanted the approval of somebody else, and that may be too much for you to be honest out loud with, but I'm here to tell you that if you're not careful, it'll make you sick and it'll make you a counterfeit. It'll make you the biggest phony in life around the people that you are because you'll try to become something you never were intended to become. But if you'll just seek after the approval of God with how he created you and how he gifted you and how he saved you and how he set you free and how he, he cleansed you, of all your past and how He gave you this brand new future and filled you with purpose and, and giftings and talents and all this beautiful stuff, if you'll just pursue that because you're making Him happy, everything else in life will be added unto you. But if all you do is live for the approval of society, of social media, of the friends that follow you on social media, of people that live in your house, the people that you work, if you're just constantly looking for their approval, in the way that you act as a man or as a woman based on your faith in Christ then all you're ever going to do is put people first and the moment that you put God you put a person in front of God they become your pagan God they become your false God because you're living to make them happy instead of God happy and I don't know who this message is for and there's a whole much more that we're going to talk about next week that maybe you're here today and maybe, maybe you can resonate with this and go man I've dealt with some of that man, I don't want to deal with that anymore. Stand to your feet right where you're at. Come on, real quick. Let's do this together. Come on, I don't don't want to live for the approval of another human being. I don't want to live for the approval of people on social media. I don't want to live for the approval of, of my spouse. That's not what I live for. I believe that if you live for God, the approval will follow because you're getting the approval of the right people in your life. The ones that disapprove of you will eventually walk out on you. But God said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. Come on. God has already approved of you because of the blood of Jesus that He shed on the cross for your life. And so whenever He sees you, and whenever He sees you pursuing Him, you've already been pre-approved. Come on. You've already been pre-approved. Stop living for the approval of your children. Sometimes the approval of your children will cause you to enable them to live the way that they're living, and it's contrary to God's word over their lives. Stop seeking the approval of your children. Just seek the approval of God for your children. And watch your children change. Amen? Stop living for the approval of your parents. Your parents had their own life. They made their own decisions. They, they made their own choices. I know so many young people here today, even older people here today. My, I, my, my parent want me to go to college. You're like in your 50s and you still want to go to college based on your parents. It's like, forget that. Do it, do it for you, but do it for God first. Are you hearing me? Let's let's not allow the fear of rejection keep us from living fearless as Christians. Would you raise your hands today as we go before?